Hey golfers, what's going on? Tim Connor here, PGA member, golf coach out of the Pacific Northwest, more specifically Spokane Valley, Washington. I own and operate my own golf academy and I specialize in helping people play better golf. I appreciate all of you hardworking, hustling kind of golfers, hanging out, trying to better yourself and get a little bit of good information on the golf swing, golf learnings, golf happenings, golf tinkerings. I think if, if I had any goal to be really get out of this, is to give you a clearer path to your improvement, what your process should look like or refine to look like, and just kind of narrow that tunnel so you're not so scatterbrained and you have a clear direction that you want to point towards. Anyway, this is going to be a little more of a technical podcast, a little more of the geeky deep dive kind of details. I think you guys kind of like that, but let me know if you do, if you like having these kind of dirty details. And let me know what you think I should do to improve this podcast and help grow it. If we just grow this thing a little more, it's got a significant reach. I'm proud of that. I care about this platform because the more people that we reach, the more golfers we can help and the more people we can help enjoy this game. And that, and that golf should actually be fun. There's a, there's a memo for the golfing public. Golf should actually be fun. If it's not fun, there's a reason for that. Either you haven't put the work in the right places, you don't have an understanding of your path to improvement, or your standards are, or your expectations are out of line with what you're actually putting into the game. I'm here to kick it real with you guys. I want to sell nothing but the truth and hard work. So today, let's talk about let's talk about a swing plane and how your golf swing plane is three dimensional and how being three dimensional influences your effective swing path. Like I said, we're going to dive into the weeds, so hang with me. Get out a sheet of scratch paper if you have it, or maybe listen to this thing twice because we're going to dive into some pretty high-level stuff. And here's what I want you to understand before we get into this is you don't need to understand this stuff and let it put you on information overload. You don't need to be on information overload when you're playing golf. But what I do want you to understand is there's a reason for swing styles and how swing styles match up with this three-dimensional swing plane and how that can influence swing style and the club you're using. So let me kind of start by laying the groundwork. When it comes to talking about a three-dimensional swing plane, TrackMan really founded, founded this research. I think there were people who had an understanding of it prior to, but TrackMan was, was really the one that brought the science to the forefront and really quantified how it changed your ball flight. Now at the basis of this, at the basis of this is your effective swing path is not only the club traveling a direction horizontally, it's also traveling vertically. And we can think of this number as angle of attack. When you're looking from the front view at a player hitting, the angle of attack is, is the angle at which the club approaches the golf ball a few frames prior to hitting the golf ball. So is that club coming from above and hitting down and through the ball? That would be a negative angle of attack or meaning your angle of attack is hitting down on the golf ball. That's measured as, that's our standardized is calling that negative. So if we're hitting down on the golf ball, that's a negative angle of attack. A negative angle of attack has a positive influence on your swing path. So swing path is measured as negative and positive as well. For a right-handed golfer, a positive swing path is one that moves to the right or inside out. So if you're swinging inside out, that's measured as a positive effective swing path. And a positive effective swing path means your club is effectively swinging to the right of the target and that, and that influence on the golf ball 
if that club face is closed to that swing path is going to curve it to the left. For example, if we wanna hit a push draw, we want a ball that starts right and curves left, we need a positive swing path, one that is moving to the right of our target effectively because we're either hitting down on it and or in combination with swinging inside out. And then our club face is closed to that swing path, starting the ball right of target and curving it back to the left. The reason this is applicable, and, and we'll dig in on this more, let me lay the groundwork a little more. And now just the opposite. If you're hitting up on the golf ball, an upward angle of attack has a negative effect on swing path. This is where it can sound a little confusing, but if you're hitting up on the golf ball, it's negating your effective swing path. If you're hit, let's say you're hitting up on the golf ball five degrees. For example, a lot of great drivers might hit up on the golf ball five degrees. If you're hitting up on the golf ball five degrees and your club is traveling effectively, let's say square to your golf ball or no, it's a zero swing path, then it would be measured or it's a zero horizontal swing path. I mean, your club is traveling directly through the golf ball towards the target at, at the hitting area. Now, if you're swinging five degrees up, we're going to end up with an effective swing path of negative five degrees or five degrees outside in because of the combination of our club not traveling inside out and our club swinging up. Now, just the opposite. If our club was swinging down five degrees, we would have a positive swing path or a swing path that is inside out. Angle of attack is an influencer on swing path. That's this, this is at the primary core of what we're talking about today. Your angle of attack will influence your swing path. So what this means, for example, if you're hitting a wedge, and it's very common when, when a good player is hitting a wedge, they might be hitting down on the ball 8, 10, 12 degrees. What does that mean? Well, that means horizontally our club shouldn't be traveling inside out. We'd actually want it to be traveling square or even slightly across the golf ball because of the positive effect on swing path. Now, I want you to think about the other end of the spectrum with the driver, with the big dog. You're gonna rip the big dog down the middle and you wanna hit a little baby draw. Well, what do we need to do with a driver? We need to swing it more inside out or more horizontally to the right of the target for a right-handed player to offset the fact that a good drive is gonna have a positive angle of attack. Let's say we wanted an effective swing path that was maybe two to four degrees inside out. We would want our, let's say our horizontal swing path is our clubs traveling nine degrees to the right. And then we have a five degree angle of attack up. That's an effective swing path of four degrees inside out. Now I'm using the term horizontal swing path kind of loosely, but just imagine your club is traveling some direction horizontally and some direction vertically. There's different terms that we can use to relate this, but I wanna relate it in a way where it just makes the most sense because it, it doesn't matter that our schematics are exactly the same in how we describe these things. What matters is that you have an understanding of how to use your tool and how that tool could be different. A driver is very different than a wedge. We're hitting up on a driver, we're hitting down on a wedge. That is the fundamental difference in how we should swing our style of club. If we're hitting a wedge, we want our club to be traveling effectively more across the golf ball. If we're hitting a driver, we want our golf club to be traveling effectively more to the right of a target for a right-handed player. That's at the very root of this understanding of the golf swing plane being three-dimensional and how angle of attack influences your swing plane or swing path. Now, maybe through the years, think, think through this. I want you to think about, has it been easier for you to curve a nine iron 
to the left than a driver to the left? For most of us, the answer is yes. And the reason for that is because we're hitting down with that nine iron. So our effective swing path is more inside out. I hope you guys understand that. Reach out to me if you have any questions via socials or email. I'm happy to answer them. I'm happy to elaborate on this topic. I know it is kind of confusing and we're just doing my best to describe this in words, but I do think at its core, you should understand it. Now, when you go play golf, you shouldn't grind over the fact that your swing path is changing with your clubs. Naturally, we're gonna adjust for this a little bit on our own, but this might describe to you why you've had some problems curving a driver or why you've been able to draw a pitching wedge but not draw a driver. And it just, it really completes the story as to how to create a proper swing path and how to use your tools. And then if we are trying to create an effective swing path that's similar, how the golf swing is actually dynamically different to help accomplish a similar swing path. Anyway, I appreciate you all hanging out for another podcast. Leave this thing a review. Shoot me any ideas you have for future podcasts or things that have just been burning in the back of your brain. Golf things that you can't figure out. I like talking about mindset. I like talking about mechanics. I like talking about how to make this game more fun for the masses. Golf should be fun. Let's make it that way. Let's make 2022 your best year ever. I will catch you back here for the next one.